Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. All right, let's roll. Game Time Decisions. Red Heat and Rage Radio, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Gabriel Morenzi. Alongside the Raging Redhead, Cam Stewart. The World Cup has concluded uh, for the afternoon. Russia continues to dominate. Russia. Vladimir Putin, eight. World, World one. Nil. Or one. Yeah, one. <laughs> yeah. Nil. No, it's, it was 3-1, Cam. I know. It was a point I was trying to make of he's crushing, crushing. <laughs> All right, so that's uh, that's uh, time number one that uh, Cam has jumped in and not let me finish my sentence uh, today and uh, tried to finish my sentence and gotten it wrong. So we'll we'll keep track uh, on the program. You broke a record today, Cam. It's yeah. like 30 seconds. Really? In. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm just trying to do the Sir, introduction. It's not doing too good, but continue your intro. Yeah. <laughs> so as I was stating, uh, Vladimir Putin now eight World one, uh, Russia wins five nothing, and then three uh, one. They just beat Egypt. Uh, the uh, game is concluded, and you know what? Russia dominated uh, Saudi Arabia. We wondered about Saudi Arabia and whether they had uh, rolled over, and uh, whether the uh, the envelopes had arrived, and the bribes had been made, and the geopolitical geopolitical backroom deals had been made between the uh, the kings and the princes of Saudi Arabia and Vladimir Putin. But uh, Russia continued this uh, today. And uh, right now, Russia is um, basically, they're moving forward. They're moving on into the group of uh, 16. Uruguay is going to need to beat Saudi Arabia tomorrow, which they should, except you never know. These South American countries are really sucking hard uh, in Russia. Uh, and then it sets up a, a showdown for the winner of, uh, of Group A between Russia and Uruguay, if, that is, if Uruguay wins tomorrow, which they really should against uh, Saudi Arabia. So a tournament's getting really interesting, and just as everybody uh, predicted, uh, Senegal and Japan would be in uh, first place uh, in that uh, that group H. That everybody was very concerned about actually that group, and lo and yep. behold, it's chaos. It's total chaos. No, it's uh, you talk about the word bleak in my neighborhood. I live in Little Poland. Lots of anger today. Lots of screaming in the garage watching the games. F bombs. Cars with Poland flags, they're not doing too good, Gabe. That was a big, big, uh, big loss for them, and uh, the neighborhood is very, very bitter right now. Uh, Poland, uh, Poland's uh, behind the eight ball right now. They really didn't look uh, very good uh, at all. Uh, yet they're still, um, they're still in the mix uh, to advance. Japan's in a good spot right now. They're actually uh, uh, the favorite to win the group right now is actually Senegal. It's amazing how this tournament is uh, flipped, and it's it's. It's a wide-open tournament uh, still. We can't overreact uh, from one game 
uh, across the board that these sides have played. Uh, yet the fact of the matter is, man, the standings are whacked uh, right now. Uh, no, you know, really. Nobody expected Russia to have eight freaking goals. Because don't forget, Cap, goal differential counts. There's no penalty kicks, right? There's no, uh, there's, there's ties. So it, Russia's in the catbird seat right now. Even though we haven't seen very many ties in the World Cup. In fact, like, great on. call. Like that, it, let's. There's been one. There's been two ties. Switzerland. There's been two ties. Portugal and Spain, Spain. and Argentina and uh, Iceland. Iceland. And uh, Brazil, Switzerland. Three yeah, ties. Three. Three yes. ties. That's amazing. Only three freaking ties. Soccer's known for a sport uh, for having ties. How many games have been played? And there have been three ties. Like, yeah, that's you said it. Like, that is a low, low number. I'd have to think double that at least. I don't know. To ask me how many games have been played, I'd have to add that up. Yeah, that's a good I point. don't know. <laughs> three ties is low. Very low. I don't know. A lot of games. Yeah, you said it. <laughs> a lot of soccer. 8, 12, 16, 18, 22, 26. I don't, I don't want to make your head hurt, man. That's, it's okay. <laughs> now, you know what? There's been... Um, I'll tell you how many games there, there's been. There's been uh, 17 games. And only three draws? Yeah, there's been 17 games because there's 32 teams. Yep. There were 16. Everybody played through today, and then Russia and Egypt, Egypt were the first seven. teams up from that already played their second game. They're the only teams that played two games now, so that's 17 games. So, yeah, three ties. What would you expect usually, I would think, about in 17 know. games? Sort of a third? Yeah, I was going to say about five, five or six. Seven? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And also, to be honest, a lot of times, Cam, people play conservative in in the first game because they're like, well, let's just get a point and move on. And not let, you know, we don't want to be in last place coming out of this. It's amazing. I mean, the expect the unexpected, man. I mean, that's just the reality of this stuff. Look, the over under Cam coming into the tournament for penalty kicks I made was nine and a half. I think today they're at 10. I think the uh, the leading scorer of the tournament uh, is a dude called Own Goal. Like, OG? Yeah, like who, who's got the OG? Yeah, the original <laughs> gangster. Own Goal. OG rules. Own Goal. It, it's, it's all it is. There have been, and, and also, in all honesty, it's true. Like the Own Goals, I think it might be like five, six now or something. It's it's ridiculous. The first the first goal of the Egypt game today, the guy in Egypt like booted it into his own net. Like like you thought he would have been trying to score. Like we're seeing this on on a constant uh, basis right now. <laughs> and we've seen a couple of they call them own goals too and I think this is unfair camp cuz the other day I'm watching a game buddy on Belgium drilled the ball in the box. The defender put his leg up to block it. It went off his leg in and net. Yeah, how's that? His yeah, that's a, not an old goal. An old goal is kicking it yeah. in your own net. An old goal is like that, off that idiot that headed yeah. it on Morocco yes. that headed it into his own yes. net. You know what I mean? An old goal is to, it, it should be. It's a screw up. It's an error. It's not a. It's not a bad yeah, situation. Like it's not a deflection. No. Error. Like this guy, this guy was just doing his job. I think it was on Panama. Yeah, I, yeah. he's just doing his job. What do you want him to do? Yeah. Got balls coming Lukaku out miles an hour. boots Boom. a ball out of yeah. it, bounces off his leg, goes in it, the it net. Hits me and goes in. Sorry, man. Like to me, it should have been a goal. That should be a goal for the guy to kick the ball. Yes. Right. Like an, an old goal, goal is basically a mistake. An old goal know? should be an extreme screw up. Yeah, but basically they don't they don't use any judgment on it. It's basically who the ball went off of. Yeah, and, you know the guy in Egypt. It wasn't his fault. It was a bam, bam play. It went off his leg, type of thing. But of course, it ricocheted right in the net. But point being, 
I talked about this, and of course, like an idiot, I gave up on it after a couple of games because it didn't happen when I did it. But I swear, Kev, you can get own goal to be first uh, first goal of the game in a 20-to-1 range for every game. And it's happened. It's happened like four times now. It's worth uh, 20-to-1. It's when you used to get a... And it's the same thing yeah. with the headers. It's basically yeah. like, well, they, the, or a penalty kick as well. Will the first goal of the game be a penalty kick? You get that at like 12-to-1. It's happened on more than one occasion. There's more penalty kicks in this than ever. And the reason is why there's more penalty kicks because they're going to review right now. There's been, been a couple of times where the guy gets taken down in a box, the ref on the field doesn't call it, then they go up to the booth after because they can they, they wait till the next sort of stoppage exactly. when the ball goes out of bounds and check, they check, check and the they, tape. Yeah, check the tape. And you know, that's what happened today with most Salah. Like the ref on the field or the pitch uh, didn't. Uh, <laughs> I like the pitch. Yeah, the pitch. The pitch sounds nice. The pitch. Why is it a pitch? Oh, that's other things are called like a cricket pitch and a whatever. So they just because in Britain they call a, a grass the pitch, a, gra, a grassy place to play sports is a pitch. So we should call uh, a golf like, a golf a golf course should be a pitch then. No, it's a golf course. Course. I was yeah. gonna say a football field should be called yes. a pitch. Yes, it is a pitch. Welcome to the pitch at Lambeau. <laughs> Life's a pitch, then you die. Welcome, yeah, you know, forty yard bomb down the pitch. I like pitch. I don't know. It's like, why do they call golf fans patrons? They're just they're spectators. They're yeah. just fans. They're not patrons. So no other sport has patrons? No. You're right. I, don't. I was going to say horse racing. Fans are just degenerates. Let's see what else. Uh, what other, going, going horse racing is just bad people. <laughs> just, a guy will steal your wallet. Go to the tra- oh, Jude, I didn't tell you the story. A horrible stuff happens. It's like my buddy. There was t- a murder at Belmont on the my, weekend. My mentor, Ted Teven, told me, he said, Gabe, I never once met a bad person at the track. I was thinking, that's yeah, impossible. That's a, that's a pure lie, buddy. I, I know you respect the man, but that's a lie. So you sound surprised that somebody got murdered at Belmont? <laughs> no, it was horrible. No, no, no. And it wasn't like a fan in the stands. It was actually... One of the girls who does the walking and works with the horses, oh. her ex-boyfriend got into the paddock and stabbed her to death. It's a huge story, man. It's absolutely brutal. Like, can you believe that? See, nothing good happens at a horse track. Amen. <laughs> you said it. If you go to a horse track, yeah, they, stick, to the, stick to the slots and bet on yeah, sports. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. Poor girl. It sucked. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen, man. The neighborhood looked pretty pretty shaken down today, Gabe. I don't, any, I don't any know. Other, any other good news? Yeah, no, bad Besides news. Besides people getting whacked and uh, you no, know, no, else no, no, no. My, 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 my neighbor from Poland looks like he wants to put a hole through people. I, I saw her, he was cursing all day. Poland it, Poland it, coming into this, I thought were overrated. Yep. And I apologize to any uh, Polish uh, fans listening to the program right now. But Poland showed absolutely nothing. Nothing whatsoever today. I get it. Senegal are pretty good, but Senegal essentially dominated uh, Poland. Poland looked disinterested. Poland didn't get a sense of urgency until there was about 10 minutes left. They were already down 2-0. Uh, in the match for one reason or another. And that's been a theme of this for, I don't know, like Germany didn't have a sense of urgency early enough. Um, Brazil has lacked a sense of urgency. Argentina you, you know, I guess these sort of bigger sides think they're pacing themselves. Yeah. But, yeah, Germany, you pace yourselves right into being in last place in a group right now, you know, by not getting more desperate. And having to beat Sweden. And you look at Poland, you know, it was unacceptable, unacceptable. Today, Colombia, 
Uh, Columbia had a man ejected of the game like three minutes in. They played a man down, and they ended up uh, losing. Columbia find themselves in a precarious situation right now. And we talk about this all the time, though, coming in. This thing's all geographical, people. It just is. It's like the the South American Latin countries do not do well, well in Europe. Europe. It's They've a fact. never done it's a well. Fact. Exactly. They've never done well exactly. going back into the history of the World Cup. And you go down the list uh, of the um, the South American, you know, the big time sexy teams. Brazil, Brazil underachieved against uh, Costa Rica. Argent, uh, Argentina underachieved against uh, Iceland. Uruguay was lucky to beat uh, an Egyptian side that Russia just beat the crap out of. And Uruguay are a big-time team. Colombia loses to Japan. Uh, You know, we can go down the list uh, here. Uh, Mexico was victorious, but Mexico is not a South American country. They're a North North American country. country. (laughs) Yeah, they're with us. You know, people don't look at them as North America, but, yeah, they're – you ever heard of NAFTA? (laughs) I know they want to rip it up. Yeah, we might not have NAFTA soon, but it exists now. So (laughs) soon it's just, what are you going to call it? Mexico might speak Spanish. (laughs) And another instance, it's like Portugal. You know, Portugal is a weird country. Like Portugal speaks, uh, you know, they speak Portuguese, but that's what they speak in Brazil. But they're in Europe. Yeah. Like Brazil, like Portugal's out of place, sort of. Like Portugal, sort of. Good, uh, good point. Jono is like four languages. Yeah, like, like he can speak any language. I hear him on the phone talking to different guys in different languages. Like Portugal, like the style of country and the way that it is, it should be next to Argentina and Brazil. You know, but say get out of Europe, come to South America. It happens to be in Europe. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean, it's so it's you know, next to Spain uh, as well. But nevertheless, so yeah, this this tournament's wide open uh, right now uh, still. The um, the favorite to win is still uh, still Brazil at plus four hundred. Spain right there at plus four fifty. Uh, France France didn't look very good in their first match. They're plus seven hundred. Germany are suddenly uh, plus eight hundred. Belgium are eight fifty. They didn't look great against Panama. They stepped it up in the second half. Argentina didn't look uh, very good against Iceland. England there's not a hope in hell. England's winning the uh, the World Cup. Well, people are fired up for that uh, big win. Well, yeah, it's one game. Then you got Portugal that, I don't know, man. There's there's kind of value with Portugal at 20 to 1, I think, just because. 28. Portugal play up or down to the level of competition. But if you look at the match against uh, Spain, Cam, they were freaking lucky it was a draw. Of course they were. Their defense, uh, they, like they, Spain were the way better team. Portugal's got a good, they could score goals, but they give up a lot of like goals. Spain, Spain dominated the uh, the ball. They sure did. Spain really should have won the game. You know, they, listen, they got sloppy in the first couple of minutes, and there was a penalty kick awarded. Ronaldo scored on a penalty kick. The second goal of the game that Portugal scored was a horrible goal that I would have stopped, literally and figuratively. Ronaldo just squibbed it at the net, and Buddy screwed up. <laughs> And uh, he pulled a Buckner. Good goalie, too. Yeah, great goalie. Manchester United. And um, and uh, and that was the second goal. The third goal was a beautiful free kick. The thing with Portugal is, though, they're not great, but they're hard to beat. They just are. They have that it factor? Well, they, all the games are close, and then this Ronaldo just does his thing. Magic. <laughs> 
I got him at 28 to 1. Not, I'm not sure they're going to win the tournament. He does though. it a lot, too. He just does. See the lines for tomorrow? Portugal's they're, uh, minus 163 against Morocco. Take a look at the other two. Uruguay minus 600 versus the Saudis, and Spain minus 500 versus Iran. Yeah, we'll talk about this with Big Man yeah. on campus. Uh, we'll also talk NBA draft props as the NBA draft is rapidly approaching. The NBA uh, rumor mill continues, but I hate freaking rumors. This isn't a high school cafeteria. But uh, we can break down the uh, the draft props. That's something that we can uh, sink True. our teeth into. And we can tell you that uh, last week um, we talked about uh, the ugly situation with the Ottawa Senators and Eric Carlson and Mike Hoffman and his psychotic uh, fiance, allegedly. <laughs> and we said, Air quotes, we said that. Uh, allegedly. We said, Hoffman, he gone. You're out. <laughs> oh, he, he gone twice. You're done. And, uh, yeah, Hoffman got traded twice today. Got flipped to San Jose, and San Jose said, See ya, Hoff. Don't bother coming here. We just flipped you to Florida. Florida, where they'll take anybody. Sure will. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. The vodka's flowing at Gorky Park. Gorky Park! <laughs> Russia. The winds of change. I like it. Good call. As the Russian Soccer Federation dominates the World <laughs> Cup. By far the best side so uh, far. Definitely. Well, the goal differential of 8-1. They, they're doing pretty good. Man, they beat what was their over-under the start for the tournament? Five, five and a half. Five and a half. Yeah, well, that, that's yeah. a loser. Good win, Russia. Yeah, yeah. Russia. Congratulations. Uh, Russia the rolls end. on. The winds of change down at uh, Gorky Park. <laughs> Let's uh, bring in big man on campus uh, right uh, now, Jeff. Uh, Nadu, what's going on, big man? Hey, guys. How are you? Good stuff. Uh, good stuff. You know, I could be better. I got a little sloppy today with some in-game um, in-game uh, props when I was half asleep this morning. And I tell you, Columbia losing a man early didn't do me any favors, big man. No, I don't think it did anyone. I, listen, I mean, I, I get you have to – I guess the rule is you have to follow there if, if someone goes at the ball. But I thought that was a bit harsh uh, to red card him. I, I, I thought at worst you give a penalty there. I mean, w- what does that really solve? I mean, so you're basically putting them behind you – know, with not, you know, what, 87 more minutes to play. I, I just thought it was a little too harsh. So, we, you know, we talked about this group coming in here, and everybody was a little bit worried when we put together the parlays. 
of that uh, that uh, group H, the group Ooh, of hell, yeah. as yeah. Cam called hell. it. The group of hell, yet not a lot of people expect it. Here we are right now, Japan and Senegal at the top of the group, big man. <laughs> yeah, amazing, right? I mean, Colombia, obviously, you know, we, we just talked about them behind the eight ball early. You know, Nahamas Rodriguez. I don't know what what Poland was absolutely shocking today. I was terrible. Second worst performance of this tournament. I mean, that was shocking. I mean, with the ball, they were just a mess. Defensively, they were all over the place. Uh, Look, you can make cases that the second goal, the ref was poor in the game, but um, again, uh, they were bad with the ball. They were bad without the ball, just a, a real mess of the team. And, you know, you and I talked about it, Gabe. I mean, the defensive issues for Poland was, was was really bad going into the tournament, and that that period it took the end. The lack of urgency that Poland showed throughout the match is what surprised surprised me the most. They just didn't seem to care, quite frankly. You know, it's sort of like when you're watching a basketball game yeah. and teams aren't going for loose balls and rebounds. It was like Poland, a lot of standing around and just Poland's usually gritty. They usually work like it, it was weird yeah. to see a Polish side because they pride themselves on work, and it was like a lazy, lazy performance. Well, and Senegal, Senegal's a fit team, man. You yeah, know, Sen- Senegal realized, you know what? Yeah. yeah, we can we can run circles around these guys, and then they did. One game doesn't make a tournament, uh, but there's only three games in a round robin, so you put yourselves in a tough uh, situation. So let's move on to tomorrow's games uh, quickly, big man. We'll get into the NBA uh, draft props. Portugal and Morocco. You know, Portugal's not going to be taking a pedal off the medal. They only got one point out of that game uh, against uh, Spain. They need points. I don't think it'll, it'll be easy for them. Uh, but ultimately, you know, like I was just telling Cam, you know, it'll be a close game, and then boom, Ronaldo will do his thing. Portugal have a tendency to play up or down to the level of competition that they're playing against, but they're feeling pretty good about themselves right now. No reason why they can't uh, beat uh, beat Morocco, and considering the lines in the other games is really not a choice unless you want to lay goals and stuff like that, but a three-team parlay is uh, plus 126. Portugal, Uruguay, and Spain. Yeah, I don't have much of a problem here laying the one goal with Portugal, you know, basically plus 105. I think this would be similar to today's Egypt-Russia game where, you know, once you get that goal, that first goal, I think the floodgates will open a bit. Morocco is a team that really want to fall and just try to defend for 90 minutes, maybe get something on the counter. They're not going to give you much. But I think we, we've, we, we, if you know anything about football, you know that once you can, good teams will break that down and, they might not get a goal to the 30th, 40th minute, but I think once they get it, Budgets will open. Morocco um, might look good against Iran, who kind of play the same style, but I think they're going to be all over the place with the style that, that uh, Portugal will play. I, I would imagine this is 2-3-0. I would probably be comfortable laying the goal here. Where she get a push, but I don't see Morocco. Uh, they're lucky to even have uh, three points, uh, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not worried about them in this game. Portugal should run, run away. I like the parlay at the plus money, big man, but when you're dealing with the final two games, Uruguay minus 600 and Spain minus 500, do you like, hey, Russia beat these turkeys uh, five to nothing, so you got to believe that Uruguay should be able to beat Saudi Arabia by a couple goals? Well, that, that would be the consensus way to think, yes. but as we yeah. know, I think, I think we're all well aware that I don't think Russia's five goals better than anyone. Um, I thought Saudi Arabia, if you talk about quitting, I thought they quit on uh, that game, and, and we... You know, there could have been backroom deals in that one. Hey, listen, uh, quit. We'll give you else of oil or something. Um, uh, I don't, I don't know that that's as as bad as Saudi is. But 
Gabe and I have talked about this. With Saudi Arabia, it's not even just scoring goals. It's even getting possession and, and trying to put something together. Uruguay is among the best defensive teams in the world, let alone in this tournament. Um, I would do a uh, Uruguay win to nil here. I think Uruguay gets back on their horse here and gets another big win and, and really focuses on winning this group or, or at least moving on. If they win this game, they'll move on. Uh, Saudi Arabia should be, should be controlled here from start to finish. I would look 2-0. I would think with the nil is the best play here. You're going to have to lay a little bit, but I think win to nil, uh, maybe probably with Portugal win, I think that's a fairly good play. Uh, Uruguay minus one, one and a half goals. is like minus 145. Uh, or so right now now with russia with the big goal differential it doesn't really matter if you're uruguay right now because you control your own destiny you win this game and then you play russia for the group championship for for the group win after the fact and you win that game a goal differential doesn't matter so uruguay is not going to be hell-bent on oh we need to get five on these guys because russia did he's got to win and then take care of business yeah right? but i think they do want to get on track they didn't look great in their first game they only scored one goal and they scored it late I would expect them to score at least a couple of times as well. I'll lay the goal and a half, and I agree, uh, big man. I don't see Mar- I don't see uh, Saudi Arabia scoring on Uruguay. The only the only problem you have with, and I think this will creep into people's minds, is with all the penalties and stuff. It all Saudi Arabia needs to do is fall down in the box, and you get a, a cheap penalty. Um, that's going to I think keep people off you know, uh, games like this, but. Um, I think you're going to start to see some of these teams control. I think tomorrow could be one of those days where. All three favorites win, and and they win comfortably. Yeah, we've yeah. been saying that though yeah. for a few days in a row. <laughs> yeah, I think eventually, though, you know, you, you see it in the NCAA tournament, which is kind of a, a, a considerable connection to this. I mean, you'll see upsets in the first couple of days, but I think once kind of everyone gets into the second game, I think you're going to see a little bit more straightforward play. Tomorrow, you got three big boys going and three minnows, so I think it'll go pretty much full bore, kind of close to the vest as we think it will tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, I think then, you said there's three heavyweights. And Gabe's point: we talked earlier, big man, about Spain. Look at Portugal's goal, right? Like the 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 the, the penalty. Uh, that was one of the worst plays by Manchester United's goaltender. The third goal was a hero act. The first goal is a penalty kick, right? And if you really think about the game, Spain kicked their ass in possession and everything else. And now they're they're laying less than Uruguay in a game against Iran. So they're a team. I think uh, the Spanish can really uh, run it up and and embarrass Iran tomorrow. They should anyway. The games aren't played on paper, but it should go down that way. Yeah, most betters, Cam, don't want to lay like a one and a half or something against Iran. They think that well, Iran's just going to sit there and be able to defend for ninety minutes. It's very difficult to just take you know punt after punt against a, a defense. They're going to concede and like i said we saw it with belgium they were a prime example yep. floodgates opening break it down you'll keep firing keep doing your thing eventually you'll get one to go uh, and then it's you can't just at one if you're one nil down you can't just keep sitting back you're gonna have to open up a little bit more spain's another great play i would consider laying one and a half in all three of these games um i have a feeling we're gonna see one of these days where all favorite just win three nil and i think tomorrow could be a great uh, great start to that I, I don't see any of these dogs having any shot like some of the dogs did today. Because today, guys, you saw kind of, you know, it wouldn't surprise you Senegal won or, or whatever. These three teams are maybe one or two of them kind of uh, overgrown their, their kind of start. Maybe they did something we didn't think they'd do. I don't think that's going to happen. Tomorrow. Japan surprised you, though, right? Even though Colombia sure. got a bad break. Of course break. they did. Yeah, yeah, but like easy. we said, yeah. Columbia, yeah, Colombia played with a man down for 87 minutes. So oh, the referee had And a, they still were able to. 
Yeah, th- that was it. Was so ru- so brutal. I mean, it's like I I kind of likened it to when you have Noah Syndergaard in the game and he gets thrown out for some ridiculous throw behind the batter and they throw him out in the first inning. I mean, you're behind the eight ball game. I mean, you got to really kind of just do things you don't normally do, and that's a tough thing to have to do three minutes into a game. Hey, Uruguay minus a goal and a half, Spain minus a goal and a half, and just Portugal to win the game is plus 326. It's actually uh, not too bad. And if you think Portugal is also going to win uh, by more than a goal and a half, let's throw this in uh, to the parlay as well. And uh, suddenly. About five to one. Six to one, maybe. Yeah, plus 626. Plus 626. For all three teams to win by more than one and a half. Ooh. Juicy. That looks looks real juicy. Yeah, there's no, there's no reason why you're, yeah, it's Uruguay, Saudi Arabia, Spain, Iran's in a lot of trouble against Spain here. And, uh, yeah, Portugal, I think Portugal's sort of the sweatshop to win by one and a half. I wouldn't be surprised if they won by one, but I get it. But, yeah. Well, even throw them in just money, you know, that, that's, Yeah, if you, that's if you put them in, it's plus, plus 326 there. So, yeah, the next, yeah, the next that game looks- that's, that's a real game, because like you said, we got Portugal, Morocco, Uruguay, Saudi Arabia, Iran, Spain. Denmark, Australia. All right. That's more interesting, but it's not a game that uh, people are going to be setting their alarm clocks for. Uh, France and Peru. Hey, I'm surprised to see for, uh, France actually only a minus 180 favorite against Peru, big man. Yeah, I mean, you'd think Peru's going to score at some point. I mean, they're still shooting the ball and trying to score in that goal uh, from Saturday. I mean, that was unbelievable. Just could not find the back of the net. I think that they're able to score here. I think this game is maybe closer than people think. France generally plays down to their competition. It's something that, you know, for one, that's one of the reasons I wasn't too high on them in this tournament. I don't think defensively they're very good. Um, I would probably go with, like, a both teams that score here. I think Peru can find the back of the net. Um, they have decent enough players to gain possession. Paulo Guerrero put a horrible game. He didn't start. I think he'll start uh, tomorrow, whenever this Wednesday or whenever this game is. Uh, I would go with a both teams to score, maybe. Maybe uh, some kind of handicap. But you're not really getting a handicap because you're getting great odds on France. Um, I think I think this line will, will, will get that up. But people will be on this one. You're kind of under that one to two mark. People will bet France. Uh, if you want Peru, I'd probably wait on them. France are yeah. hard to trust. They are. Like, they're, they're so good. They're yeah. so talented. Uh, but they seem to underachieve. They have a hard time bearing, uh, bearing chances. Uh, so Argentina and Hey, real quick, I think you said it best. You made a great great point. You said, you know, France are only minus 182. Um, that's wh- why. I mean, that that's kind of interesting, no? I mean, why, why are they only minus 180? They're France. Uh, I, I know. For, for a team, the books don't trust them either. For a team that's the mega favorite, yeah. one of the third favorite to actually win the tournament. It is surprising. Argentina and Croatia. Now, this is an interesting one. There's all eyes on the Argentinians uh, here. There were some people who thought Argentina could surprise people in this tournament, and I know a lot of uh, others who thought that Argentina was actually vulnerable to be one of the major powers to actually underachieve and get bounced uh, pretty early here. Now, nobody thought they weren't going to get out of this group, and they, they probably still do, but what, what about this number here? And somebody actually, a Sports Rage fan on Twitter, actually, that's his Twitter handle. So I'm not just calling him a Sports Rage nice, fan. Nice, Gabe. That nice. happens to be his Twitter handle. So... <laughs> At Sportrace, must be one of your burner profiles, Gabe. <laughs> yes, exactly. What do you No, you know, I'm a Sportrace fan. I guarantee you, it's not one of my burner uh, profiles because uh, this guy's a big Ohio State fan. Ah. 
Even <laughs> even know. in like a fake. <laughs> Good point. Even in fake accounts, I wouldn't like praise uh, uh, Ohio State. Every sorry. every decision in this Argentina Croatia game, guys, is plus money. Either way, the draw Croatia or Argentina, plus all over the board. I like that. So you guys got to play it all and keep keep that five cents. <laughs> Five dollars. No, you got to think Argentina, Argentina plus one hundred five looks pretty good, doesn't it, guys? I don't know. That's tough. I don't know. I mean, why Argentina uh, I, plus money? It could be a trap. <laughs> Croatia are damn good, I, I, I but they're Croatia underachievers. What do you think, big man? I really like Croatia in this game. I, I don't think Argentina are very good. I, I don't. I don't really see it with them. I think they have major issues on this team. I think they're. I think behind closed doors, I don't think people are very happy. You look at Sergio Aguero coming. I mean, when was the last time you heard a player come out and say that player had a bad game today? I've never heard that. Sergio Aguero came out and said Messi had a bad game. I've never seen that. Uh, you usually just let it alone and let them talk about it. You don't kind of say it out loud. I think this coach is being overridden by the players. Uh, Messi controls this team quite like LeBron James controls the Cavaliers. Well, this coach needs to step up with a backbone and say, listen, this isn't working. And it's not like this team gave that's like I gave it It's not like this team has played well just for one game. They didn't play well on Saturday. They haven't played well in qualifying. They weren't good in uh, friendlies. They lost six one for Spain. This is not a good team right now. They're not good defensively. They have no midfield. It doesn't matter that you have Messi. You can't get the ball to them. People are keying in on Messi. No one else has been able to open it up. They've uh, only won four out of their last ten matches overall. And you're getting a team in here that's not Iceland. This team's going to attack Croatia. You're going to really put that back line on a lot on gates, basically. I think they're susceptible. I think draw double chance here at Croatia looks absolutely beautiful. At plus one or minus one twenty-five, we'll cover the draw. We'll cover Croatia, and we'll also put a small little stake on Croatia to get the job done here. I think they get the job done. And I think they win this group by winning on uh, Thursday. I was thinking, Gabe, taking a dip into the old Asian handicap. Croatia plus a half to plus uh, almost to 1.87 there. Seems pretty good. Draw, you're a winner. I think you're on to something, big man. Sounds good. Yeah, I think people will look at this game, Cam, and say, well, Argentina have to win this game. Well, so does Croatia. Okay, we're forgetting about the Croatians here. This is a real good side. I think with the openness of this tournament, this Croatian team, I have them at 35 to 1. It's looking better and better as the days go by. I think this Croat really not an option here and I think people will just assume Argentina has to win and everything but just because they should win doesn't mean they're going to I think the Croatians have a lot of value here over three to one trust me me and Cam know all about that just because we need to win and should win usually doesn't happen when you need it or should it <laughs> when you don't worry about it then you win that's the way it works it's the famous last word especially in Major League Baseball DFS oh this guy's a gas can he's gonna get lit up yeah he throws a yeah, two hitter Vargas one hitter um, so uh, a lot of pressure on on me. I've got a lot of parlays uh, correlated here with Germany. Big game on Saturday against uh, Sweden, uh, big man. But I'm expecting Jordan. I don't think they're going to panic. You know, you don't hear a lot of – there's not a lot of finger-pointing going on. Uh, Coach Lowell really hasn't freaked out or anything. Got to love that guy's tight shirts. Uh, it's, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a classic. Everyone's wearing blazers. He walks out there with the shirt. <laughs> yeah, he's, he looks he's like, like a, he's a prototype. He looks yeah, like a German. German yeah. Incredible Hulk. Yeah, but uh, I think Germany will be fine. They'll get it done against uh, Sweden. But a little bit of a sweat job for us leading into this. Agreed. Got to sweat this out till Saturday afternoon. Uh, lots of lots of perspiration. Two o'clock Eastern. All right, big man. We'll uh, stick around with us on the other side. We'll hit the NBA draft.
Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Guys, got to settle down on the Chargers uh, bandwagon. There. Young Ho giving the Super Bowl to the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. We got tight end problems. There's one football team in LA, and it's the Rams. Give it up for my bookie. Dot AG. Who? My bookie. Dot AG. Who? Why did I bet so wrong? Why did you bet so wrong? My bookie. Dot AG. Get a 50% uh, sign up uh, bonus. Don't uh, be a loser and eat the uh, DFS chalk. Eat a lot of chalk. Yeah, don't don't eat that uh, chalk. Uh, don't have chalk all over your hands and your face. Uh, don't worry about uh, sharks like Cam Stewart and Drew Dinkmeyer. <laughs> Golf sharks like uh, Cam Golf Stewart sharks. and Drew Dinkmeyer uh, winning 90% uh, of the time. Drew Dinkmeyer wins a million. I win 33 bucks. Yeah, it's just your 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 play. Check out the prop builder over at mybookie.ag. Use uh, promo code FNTSY. That's uh, promo code FNTSY, mybookie.ag. So, uh, yeah, big man, we were talking, and our boy uh, our boy Kyle Hamburg's coming for you, Cam. And Who? I got to I gotta try to get him over the top uh, here. Well, what's he saying? Our boy Kyle is in Atlanta. And uh, he went to Hooters the other day, and he said he ate 39 and a half chicken wings for lunch. And he said, do you think Cam can handle me? And uh, I've known you, and I've met him before, and he's going to take you down. But you're retired. I am. You're retired. I'm looking at you right now. Like you, I'm you not don't, dead. You, you don't look well, actually. No, I you don't. Know, I can tell you. You got a weird, like, yeah. You're, like, I'm, there's something wrong with me. But, like, you're a big dude, but you're sort of slumped and no. everything. I can tell. Like, no, the guy in the elevator knew me, like, too. It's like you're aging faster. Yeah, yeah. No, the guy in the elevator <laughs> told me, he goes, because I'm pretty big. Like, my arms are big and stuff, and I just got that, like, old man gut hanging out there. But you're right, Marenzi. I've really been slowing down, perspiring a lot more. i got to be honest with you. I ate 89 chicken wings once at my prime in 10 minutes on uh, national radio. I'll never do that again. Like, all these wing-eating Did contests. You, how would you feel after? Oh, pretty good. No, no, I, no, I couldn't. I, I was on the can for three days, buddy, and I, I did it just for a joke. I'm up against this uh, Canadian uh, eating champion, Rodney Abel. I ran into him at Costco. He's like, want to go do it again? No, I don't want to do it again. You don't remember remember uh, the Jimmy, the chicken wing, the sports rage uh, chicken wing champ. He ate the bones. He had to go to the hospital. Oh, yeah, bones. Yeah, because yeah, they, they, they don't feel good coming back out. I had a hot dog eating contest uh, once at one of my shows in a uh, baseball game. How many? Uh, the winner tapped out actually after thirteen. Not enough. I could do better than thirteen. Nah, but the thing is, um, footlongs or regular dogs. Nah, they were regular, but um, sausage or hot, just little after eaters. he kept eating, but uh, he was hospitalized after. Yeah, see, these things aren't good for like you. He was yeah. hospitalized. No, like I looked at him, dude. Like his skin was like the color of a hot dog. Like it was bizarre. Like it didn't look good. Like his girlfriend was with him, was getting mad. Because like, he was, like, about to throw up and stuff. One of my dad's best friends, he went on a beta-carotene diet. He ate carrots all the time. He turned orange. 
He had to go to the hospital. Like, I'm telling you, like, oh, yeah, the doctor, hey, carrots are good. But that's all he ate, carrots, 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 blended them up, put them in everything, Ratsy. And then all of a sudden, his skin turned funny, orange. I saw a chick in the grocery store. She yesterday. was orange. All she had was carrots. And, yeah, she is kind of orange. Told you. Yeah, see? She eating like a rabbit. <laughs> all right, uh, big man on Sorry, campus. Sorry, big man. Yeah, I just, so, 39 is a lot of wings, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so Kyle's uh, bringing this up. Uh, yeah. Big man, uh Big man's going to be missing out. Our boy Babano, uh, we purchased our tickets. We're in section 110 hey! for the Calgary Stampeders and the Toronto Argonauts. It's going to be a great Saturday. And uh, Kyle Hamber's considering the drive up from Atlanta now. He's going to drive from Atlanta to come to Toronto? Only 15 hours. To watch hours. a Canadian Football League game? 15 That's hours. commitment. 15 hours? Babano can't even think about it. He's 45 minutes down the road and done that. I don't know, Gabe. I don't know. No, Babano's gung-ho. He's gung-ho? Good. Okay, yeah, good. Babano, Babano will be here. Babano's already planned for it. Babano's already setting his sleep schedule. <laughs> <laughs> and as we know, as we know, big man, like most people bring beer to a tailgate, Babano's going to bring soup. <laughs> a thermos okay, of soup? That's, uh... Hey, he's got the uh, chicken noodle soup uh, get ready to uh, you know, open and uh, get that in there. Got Can you imagine him in, in the parking lot of, like, a stadium yeah. and, like, Babano's, like, hey got guys. the soup? Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, Italian meatball. Hey, I got a little, uh, a little uh, lobster bisque here. Anyone want any? <laughs> yeah, so so it's a big day on Saturday because we got a lot of parlays tied up. Germany play at 2 o'clock. Oh, wow. And uh, Taylor Stevens, Sonny Vega, Babano and everybody, clam chowder. Feel the passion. Yeah, it looks like uh, maybe they can eat it together. Geechee clam chowder. Yeah. And, uh, well, this would be a good thing because I think we're going to film this and put it on Patreon on Saturday afternoon. be an opportunity. Uh, you and uh, you and uh, Sonny can have a uh, barbecue uh, challenge. You say how good you are around the grill. Well, where's his grill? Where, where's the grill? The grill's on the patio. On the, on the, oh, is it a shared facility? Like you use the... Yeah, well, we've got like a game room and uh, oh, barbecue. Oh, you tell Sonny to bring the cuts and, uh, yeah, I'll bring the spice and let's go. He'll, he'll bring the cheaper thing. Yeah, he I'll brings bring the meat. Yeah, he'll yeah. bring the spice. So, no, Sonny will bring? He'll bring like $30 rib caps and I'll bring like $2 pork loin. Yeah, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll have some fun. Uh, Sonny's probably doing it again, so uh, don't worry, Sonny. Cam's got the uh, H1 sauce covered. Yeah. <laughs> He's got... So... But get this, so for the Toronto Argonauts, the home opener, and uh, first 6,000 fans get a uh, championship Grey Cup replica ring. Awesome! <laughs> I'm excited! Yeah, but the first 6,000 fans. We're uh, not going to be the first 6,000 fans? Are you Are you planning, do you want to go there like five hours in advance to be one of the fans I to get a, a ring? I want a replica ring. It's, I bet it's going to look really cool. I'm thinking I'm just going to go and it's offer somebody, someone somebody in the stands will, yeah, money for his. You're, you're right. Good call. So what, do you want, what do you want for the ring, buddy? Five bucks. Going to walk around town <laughs> with a replica ring? <laughs> you could pass. People could say you could yeah. say, yeah, I'm the uh, long yeah, snapper. Yeah, yeah, I'm the long slapper slash, slash uh, tight end. Somebody asked me, I'll say, yeah, yeah, I was the backup kicker. <laughs> I got cut, but I got a ring. <laughs> got a ring. I got cut, but I got a ring. All right, big man. So um, I'm looking uh, here right now. The LeBron James stuff has sort of died down over the last couple of days. I brought this up earlier in the week. The NBA media, they're like more wrong, more so than any other sport media. Like NHL guys will actually be on to something. Like they'll tell you, all right, this guy's probably going to get traded, and they're right. They're not always right, but... 
the NHL guys just don't throw shit against the well, wall. They actually have real contacts that call them back on the phone. The NBA guys just put up a story and hope like yeah, hope it's NBA, right. they just throw it yeah. out there, big man. So what, like what, are you, what are you hearing uh, right now? And it seems to me as a Philadelphia fan, you've sort of uh, you've sort of it's like a chick. You've realized that LeBron's not taking a call, right? You've moved on. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I think we're kind of just uh, at the point now where we're just hoping that, uh, you know, maybe she decides and, you know, that the, the grass isn't always greener on the other side and she comes back to old reliable and says, you know what, you do have two great players there and we're going to give you a shot. Let's go on a date and I'm going to be all ears on it. Uh, I'm hoping, we're hoping, but, you know, I think everything's really died down. I, you haven't really heard much about it at all. I mean, we've heard more about Kawhi Leonard over the last 48 hours or so. I think LeBron's just weighing his options at this point. My concern is I don't necessarily worry much anymore about the West. I don't think that's happening. I'm more worried about Cleveland. I think they're going to find a way to say, you know what, um, we're, we're going to give you the reins truly with this team. Um, you, you live here. You're from here. Your family's here. Um, I think he's going to stay in Cleveland. But, um, no, I haven't heard much of anything. It's just really speculation at this point. And that's why, for me, Gabe, I don't really listen anymore to any rumors. The only rumor I really listen to would be someone that I would trust in this media or – you know, Woj, uh, Gene or Wojciechowski, whatever his name is, uh, these other guys are just throwing stories out for followers on Twitter, and that's really all they're doing. And the thing yeah. is, too, we're going to know. So there's no need to speculate. We're going to know in about 13 days, I don't know whatever what the, the hell it is. I'll tell July you. July 1st is two weeks away, whatever. Gabe, I'll tell you guys something, though. Like, just, like, I'm looking at the, the future odds. They have Golden State plus the 135 to win. Houston plus 450. Philly plus 50. Lakers plus 550. So they've already put, like, if you bet on the Lakers at plus 550 to win the championship, you might as well just give us the money. Like, can you believe it? They're the, they're the fourth favorite on the board right now. Yeah, that's, that's stupid. That's, that's unbelievable. I mean, that's listen, stupid. even if LeBron that's James crazy. goes there, they're not, they're not worth it. I mean, they, I don't know if people know that their team isn't very good without, and how much are they going to have to give up to try to go and get Kawhi Leonard and all these other guys? I think you will know a little bit more, though, on Thursday night. I think you could see some kind of team showing their hand a little bit on where they might go. Uh, I think a lot of people in this town have accepted the fact that they might not do anything. And I'm going to tell you, if they don't do anything in this free agency uh, period, I'm not going to be very happy. I'm, I'm to the point now where if they don't make a move in free agency, I will not go and attend another game. I will, I'm sick of the, the, accepting <laughs> this crap really sick of it because this is the summer you need to make everything happen um, and, and you're sitting on your hands and I'm sick of it frankly. You know what big man I, I like you because you're the opposite of me like I'm the stooge who still goes to league games and cheers them on when I should be boycotting them can you believe this though guys? Yeah, no, Lakers plus 550, Celtics plus 550. Gabe this is nuts yeah, that's nuts. Wild. Uh, we've got some uh, some NBA draft pot. For the record, oh, yeah. the Dodgers have uh, taken a 4-3 uh, yeah. lead. Did they really? Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank they, you. Thank they just you. scored two runs. I really needed it. Two runs in, in the ninth uh, inning. Oh, thank you. So we've got some new new props up on the board. The number keeps uh, climbing now with DeAndre Ayton going first overall. He's now minus 1,600 uh, to go first overall. Uh, I like Luka Doncic to go over 2.5. It was minus 200. That's popped up to 225. Uh, right now, the Bagley under three and a half is climbing at minus four fifty. So people are starting to jump in on these props right now. The tricky one is Michael Porter Jr. at six and a half, and we didn't have a Colin Sexton prop, uh, big man, but I see one right now. Colin Sexton over under ten and a half, Alabama point guard. Yeah, I think the Michael Porter one. I'm definitely looking over. I don't see anyone in the top six taking him. 
Um, I, I think it makes sense at seven to Chicago, maybe Cleveland at eight, even New York at nine. But I, I don't see you know, no one in the top four will take him. Dallas, I think, either goes Bamba or if Doncic is somehow there, they'll take him. But Orlando needs a point guard, and I, I think they'll probably go Trey Young if he's there. So yeah, I don't. I think Michael Porter, I'd go over the mountain. As far as at this late stage, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I don't know what to do because I really believe in my heart that Bagley is the right pick for the Sacramento Kings. You know, pair him with some of the guards they have there and Willie Cauley Stein. But so I also say this: Well, remember when Philadelphia drafted all those bigs? Everyone said it wouldn't work. Maybe you just draft best player available and take Don. And, you know, we'll figure it out. Let's just get the two, you know, the second player in this draft and we'll figure it out later on what we do with all these guards at the same position. That's why he's the most intriguing, guys. And me and Marenzi talked about this. Like, it's two and a half over minus 275. If they actually pull the trigger and get the best player, you're getting plus 200 on this guy. So he's either going second, buddy, or he's going fourth, right? And plus 200. I think he's going fourth. Who knows what the hell Sacramento's going to yeah. do. It's Vladdy Divac, man. The under, guy's insane. Like, under two and a half well, plus well, 200, though. Luckily, you do have, and I, I've talked to Gabe about this, you do have that Balkan connection. You have Divac, who's Serbian, is uh, uh, his dad, uh, Doncic's dad, who's serving as well. Uh, that's a, a pretty close uh, kind of connection they have there. And, you know, I could see them making, you know, going with it and, and saying, you know what, I think, you know, we like uh, Zach Randolph still. We like Scal still. Um, and, and we can get a big maybe, at, at, you know, a little bit later in this draft. I'm, I'm torn. I, I, I think Doncic is the second best player in this draft. So, for me, it's either going to be Begley or Doncic. I, I think we're going to probably make the decision right before it starts. What do you think of uh, Sexton over under ten and a half? Uh, I would go over. I, I think eleven makes sense. It, listen, if it's if I'm Orlando, I would take Sexton at six. I think he's the second best point guard in this draft, other than Luka Doncic. Trey Young, though, Gabe, which I've talked to you about. Trey Young is a guy that I think works in the new NBA, and I think he's going to be a guy that I think you're looking at what he can be. He does resemble Steph Curry a ton with the way he plays, and that's just the way the new NBA is going. But I think if you want a pure point guard, Sexton would be my pick at six if I'm Orlando, but I get a feeling they're not going to take him. I, I would think it, uh, Charlotte would be the next uh, possible destination at, at 11. Big man, Trey Young, too. He's the only guy with straight pick a mod. Six and a half. Over minus twenty, under minus twenty, six and a half of his total. What do you guys think yeah, about I, this one? I, I, if I was I general manager, I would I would under, not take him. You would not take him. I would take him in the top six personally. I don't think he's that good, but uh, I got to go over the bet. I got to say over just because I don't know which teams will actually do it. But I don't know, man. Like big man just mentioned, the Orlando Magic could do it. And the Atlanta Hawks are always an unpredictable team, but I don't see the Hawks doing it. I think the Hawks will go with uh, they'll go with a better player at the top of the board here, a more more all around explosive player. But it's I mean, a yeah, tough it, one. It's amazing if let's say the Sacramento Kings take Marvin Bagley, and you have D- Young and Doncic sitting there. Many uh, Hawks have Trey Young over Doncic at number three. If you're taking a point guard, it's absolutely disastrous to take Trey Young. Over Doncic, I don't see that. The two possible places: Atlanta and, and, and Orlando. I have a feeling people will go in the top six. If it's not Atlanta; it would be Orlando. I, I would go under there because I think. Do, do you and I think he's going to be a great player? Okay, probably not. He's kind of one of those random players that maybe will work, maybe won't. High reward, high risk. But the way the NBA is going, 
I think a lot of people think that Trey Young will have a lot of success. He is undersized. Uh, he is a guy that no can shoot the ball like anyone, and he does. He, here's the best case scenario: he's Stephen Curry. The, the worst case scenario, I still think he's Mike Bibby good, like that kind of level. But I, I would kind of say that. So yeah, I, I think he'll go top six. I'm not sure he's better than Nick Stauskas. Well, that, that could be the worst, worst. <laughs> like that's the Mississauga's finest. Yeah, Nick hey, Stoskis. He's from my hometown. I don't know. Stoskis is a – you know what? I'll tell you what, and all kidding aside, he's not better than Buddy Heald. And Buddy Heald oh. – Buddy Heald's getting a little better. Dude, Buddy Heald actually hit clutch shots. Buddy Heald helped Oklahoma win. Trey Young disappeared in big games. Started out big, old, 14-1, whatever, and it get faded hard down the stretch. Never takes it to the rack. When the going got tough, he just sort of shrugged his shoulders and took lazy threes. I don't like what I saw from the Here's, kid. I'm, and I think you and I are opposite here. I'm actually of, of the norm and thinking that if you have a one and dunner, I don't put a lot of stock in what they did in college. I just don't. I mean, they don't want to be there. When you're, when you're a scout, you're not looking at what they did in college. You're looking at the overall player and what you think they can project. You look at most one-and-dunners, they, they don't have a ton of success in college. I mean, a couple will. But you look at, like, a Ben Simmons, Trey Young, you know, even, you know, some, back to James Hart. I mean, none of those guys had success in college. Uh, I hear what you're saying. He definitely faltered. And could he be Markel Fultz? Maybe. Um, I, there, there's just a lot of – I think Fultz is better than he is. I think Fultz is better than he is still. It, it's really possible. That Oklahoma team was poor. Uh, they were awful on the defensive end. They didn't have a ton around him there. But, listen, I'll tell you this. He took 40 shots a game, and you know, he scored a lot of points. When you take that many shots, you're going to score a lot of points. Will his game work? I have a feeling it's going to be a little of both. It may, it may not. I still think he's worth a shot at the top six. Follow Big Man on campus on Twitter, at Jeff Adedu. Watch him on sportsbookreview.com's YouTube page daily. Thanks, uh, Big Man. Thank you, guys. Mike, Mike Blewett will step up and in and join us. We'll talk a little NFL football, NBA, and uh, Mike was actually at the U.S. Open. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. All right, let's roll. Game Time Decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Gabriel Renzi alongside the Ranger Redhead Campus Stewart. Thanks to Big Man on Campus uh, for joining us talking the World Cup soccer. Look forward to uh, talking some NFL uh, football on a more regular basis. We'll just sort of ride out uh, the World Cup yet. The World Cup's going to slow down. It's sort of like uh, March Madness where there's a million games and uh, we're going to be into the quarterfinals, semifinals, etc., over the next uh, week and a half uh, or so. Uh, We've started our college uh, football previews with Mark Lawrence. 
we hit the American Athletic uh, Conference uh, last week, and uh, we see three or four pretty nice future betting spots, actually, with some win totals, overs and unders in the uh, American Athletic. Tomorrow we'll hit the um, ACC. Tulane. Atlantic Conference. Green Wave. More green, please. Yeah, Tulane, uh, Tulane <laughs> we, over five and a half. Love the Green Wave. That'd be nice. And you liked under our East Carolina yard. East Carolina, and uh, there's no way uh, UConn isn't going to be able to win four games. It's three and a half right now. But these numbers, these numbers change, right? These, Gotta, these, if you like it, get it while they're hot. Well, yeah, they're not up everywhere either. So yeah. that that's also a challenge. All right, let's bring in uh, Mike Blewett uh, right now. Do we have Mike? Uh, Mike? Right here, buddy. Hey. Do we have Mike? Do have Mike, Mike, Mike? Yeah, do we have Mike uh, Mike Florida? We have Mike Blewett? Yes, we do. Have Mike Blewett. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing great. Um, I, I know you're extremely fired up about the golf tournament, so I don't want to hold you back at all. It's rare that we get an opportunity for you to be so fired up about the U.S. Open. Yeah, you know what? I'm still actually bothered by it, even though it's been a couple of days. You Me figure, too. I can't shake it. You figure that uh, I would I would be over it, but... To me, it's the um, the normalcy and the acceptance. Like you turn on cable news and people are arguing about ridiculous things that you can't believe they're actually even having a debate about, and everything's just sort of become normalized. And and you know, Phil Mickelson. I read a great article. I think it was in the Guardian uh, from the UK. And you know, they take the the golf etiquette seriously, and yeah. you know, the major championship seriously. And they wondered if that's Ian Poulter, what happens? Does he get uh, does he get kicked out? Probably doesn't come back to the U.S. Open. <laughs> or conversely, if that happens at the British Open, oh, yeah. do they allow that to happen? And no, they don't. No, they Clearly, they don't. And they'd be they probably, like you said, kick him out of the damn country on the way out, get off the course. And uh, but you know, and people yelling after you're the man, Phil, and Phil going into his crap of. You know, I don't know how many times he brought up the fact it's his birthday. We get it, Phil. I know it's yeah. your birthday. It's your birthday. Well, what happened with the shot? Yeah, what happened? What happened with the shot, Phil? Well, I just want to say it was my birthday and it was a great time out there. People have been so nice. We're not asking if the people have been nice. I know they've been too nice because even after it happened, they're still yelling, "You the man!" And I thought it was sort of fitting. You know, the guy in the Guardian. I wish I knew his name to give him credit, but he basically stated that he's standing there thinking, "Well, this is what it's come to." The guy's a blatant cheater, and people are yelling, you the man, while they were yelling obscenities and pretty vile stuff at every basic non-American player that was playing. Now, you were there. Did you take in that vibe? What was your take as someone that's been there? So I was there on Friday, and I followed around the threesome at points of Dustin Johnson, Tiger Woods, and Justin Thomas, and it was during a very rainy, the rainiest segment of the entire weekend. So I was there while Dustin Johnson was playing his tail off in what was a really rough conditions. It, it helped insofar as the greens were softer, but it was windy and rainy, and nobody else was scoring except Dustin Johnson. It, it put him obviously in a good position before Saturday when it all came crashing down. So I think it's important to note that Things had not collapsed around the USGA as of Friday afternoon, early evening when I left. Saturday is when only three players in the entire field scored under par. And when Phil had his situation where he you know, ran after the putt, we're all aware of what it is now. I'll give credit where credit is due. A writer named Brandon Porath on SB Nation he kind of go, runs the gamut in a stream of consciousness away about all the things that you could feel about what had happened. 
But at the end of the day, to your point, he was being a little dismissive about the entire situation. And while the USG applied the rules correctly, in my estimation, that's enough for disqualification. Yeah, like the, the thing is, there's also inside the rule, Mike, you know, if there's a blatant attempt. And Gabe and I talked about this. This wasn't like the wind moving the ball and accidentally hits your putter or, oh, it's on a slope and it moved. He jogged down, too. Had to hit a ball reverse with reverse the side, and then he marked it there. And they're like, "Hey, everything's cool." Like, to me, and him, it's and, nuts. To me, him saying, "Well, I didn't want to be there all day, going back and forth." That's he the whole it. point of the damn sport. Like, yeah, yeah of course. He, you know, I, I'm a weekend. You know, he, I'm, when I played a weekend, you know, as a weekend hackers, hacker, yep. I also don't want a six putt. But that's part of the damn. Like, I don't. I yep. know. To me. Like, I don't understand, like, he hit a moving ball. And Gabe, he also penalty. admits that he's playing with the rules at that moment. In the press conference, he basically admits, well, I knew I could just take the two and circumvent the ultimate penalty in a DQ because I know the rules well enough to know I'm just going to take the two-stroke penalty. He's basically Dude, I, saying, like, I, said I cheated, it earlier but not enough to get kicked out. This sets up a bad precedent, though. Very bad. Like, you Adam, had to disqualify Adam, Adam Sandler didn't even do this in Happy Gilmore. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like you can't do that. That's it's just true. you can't stop a ball. It, you need he didn't hit a moving ball. He stopped a moving ball from going off the green. Correct. It, you know, it's yep. like I said, it's like kicking a field goal, field goal short and a field goal kicker runs down the field, picks it up and puts it through the upright and then says is that good? It's like no, it's not good. Like I you yeah. know, to By the me, way, if, you, if you if you did that move playing with your buddies uh hacking away on a Saturday, they'd be really irritated by it. And it's yeah. the type of thing you don't even do on a normal golf course if you and if the three of us were playing together. It's a he type made a of mockery thing you do of the U.S. After, tw- he, after 12 beers on a mini golf course is the type yes. of thing you do. Yeah, it's something that you tell your kid yeah. to do because you want you got to hurry up because you're slowing the group down. Gabe brought up a good <laughs> point, Mike. Like this, look at the look at the the image has tarnished. I remember I was there. I covered the Masters before Phil winning his first Masters was wild with that one. You know, one inch vertical. Yay, I won. Like, you know, that'll go down in yeah. the history there because he couldn't battle through. Now, all I can think about, I know it's a week, but I'm going to think about this guy doing something that stupid that hackers don't do. And all the other times he probably tried to get away with stuff, too. He just seems to me, I don't like it. It seems slimy. I think it sticks with him forever way, as well. I, I, I really the do. Three, the, the three of us are not the type to clutch our pearls at a thought of somebody doing something a little bit out of the ordinary, but this was kind of a ridiculous situation. I don't, I don't yes. see the fact that he kind of thumbed their noses in it too is what I was taken aback by. I generally like him, and to your point earlier, there's absolute and to the writer of SB, in SB Nation, Brendan Porath, there's absolutely no one who could have taken less fire for this than Phil Mickelson. If anybody else had done it, they would have been excoriated. Jordan Speed, Justin Patrick Thomas, Reed? Sergio Imagine Garcia. A- Imagine if Patrick Reed did this. Or imagine well, Bubba golf, Watson. Imagine Bubba Watson. Imagine Bubba Watson, a ball was rolling into the woods, and he sort of jogged up and smacked it again. And he said, oh, it's part of the rules. People, like you said, man, with your people, it's amazing how it went away. I know. But to me, I swear. And it's funny because, like you said, I'm not – I was one of the people in the media, you know, and I was – was doing, I was doing shows during the day. I was like, I don't care about Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire doing this. And yeah. that. I've never been a yeah. big stickler for, you know, exactly, for rules. I mean, I break rules myself. But this is so beyond the pale to me. To me, he's Rosie Ruiz. 
It's like taking yeah. the subway during a marathon. Great call. Yeah, no, you know what I mean? Cheated. Like, he cheated. I don't know. And in, in all honesty, you know, he's he's not looked at it like that. I mean, what is this? This is like a George Brett pine tar moment. Somebody brought up he's basically like a Joe Negro, you know, or, or, or you know, a, yeah, a Gaylord probably, Perry. Probably something along those lines. A Gaylord Perry, a pitcher that is in the Hall of Fame, but we all know that, yeah, yeah, he was spitting on the ball. Vaseline. The, the, yeah. The people that, yeah, exactly. Gaylord Perry is probably your your best, but his his would would thought to be chronic use of that of substances in order to alter it. I, I think Phil's going to have this moment, and some of the elite golf crowd will not forgive him for it. But pretty much everybody's going to move on because they like him. Whether it's his birthday, Father's Day, all the stuff that they like about Mickelson, I Are think you, ultimately they will. It's always about someday. Golf. Like the USGA, let's call it for us. They kiss his ass. Like when they had him up with Joe Buck yeah. in the studio, they were just basically, oh no, we went through a two shot penalty. Like, I, I'm not going to say he plays poker with these guys or has investments with these guys, but it's just ridiculous the amount of stuff Phil gets away with compared to other player. And frankly, like we're getting, I'm getting sick of it. Yeah, and and he takes shots at him every chance yeah. he can get, which is the irony. Exactly. Exact great point by you. Yeah. This, he, he, he like he, he puts like Gabe, it's unbelievable. He's like he's poking the bear all the time and he's the guy screwing up and then they defend him. Yeah, the best is Phil yeah. complaints about other people cheating. Cheating, yeah. You know, it's they funny make, being... they had to basically have three press conferences about it with Phil <laughs> ripping them the whole time, making a mockery of it, and then he only takes the two stroke penalty. I mean, clearly it would have been a much bigger deal if he was in the mix, but he finishes what he ended up finishing plus 16, I think on the week. So we don't have to go over it as much with a fine tooth comb. Luckily he's 15 shots off the lead, but what if he was, if he was competing, I guess the reality is if he's competing at that moment, he doesn't do something like that. R- reality is he got a paycheck. If he was DQ, no, the they yeah. could spread the that money around to all those other it. guys who wouldn't mind a few yeah, more. The thousand. way I look at it, there's a couple of guys behind him that could have used that money exactly. to count on that money that actually made like fourteen thousand less or twenty-two thousand less because uh, Phil Mickelson uh, screwed around. <laughs> well, hey, it is what it is. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe golf likes it because people are talking about it, Mike. Yeah. Right. I mean, are Possible, people, but it really, the story should be the guy who won it overshadowed Bruce US opens and it does. It does. Absolutely. And it's, it's gotta be awkward. They're both American golfers. Obviously there's going to be a lot of Ryder cup ties for those guys over the years. I wonder if there's any kind of awkwardness about that. Kepka seems to be a pretty humble guy based on all of his interviews that I've seen. So I think he's just happy to have the hardware and the 2.2 million that went with it. Kepka Kepka is one of those guys. He's confident but not cocky. Like you think like him and Dustin Johnson mm-hmm. are buddies. They work out together. They're both monsters. And you know what Kepka did that other guys didn't do when he went to Florida state, he was on the same damn team as Daniel Berger. All these other guys went, Hey, you know, we're going to do this. He went to Europe and played. like he was away for a while, like a couple of years. Like it was a test to himself to say, I'm not going to get be near my friends, my family, my support system. I'm going to go to Europe and win money. And I think it really toughened him up. Mike, it's made him a winner. Who wins the U S open two times in a row, Curtis strange and only a handful of other guys. Yeah, I mean, before Curtis Strange, it was Bobby Jones in 1951. <laughs> yeah, so it's one time in the last 75 years that it happened before this weekend. You know, Kepka is remarkably consistent on the tour, but it's only he's only won three times on the tour total, and two of the, the two U.S. Opens are two of those three wins. So I give him credit 
because he's normally known for bombing the ball, but that's not what won him the tournament over the weekend. It was his putting and his green play and controlling those shots, which were very difficult for everybody else other than him and maybe Tommy Fleetwood. All right, so yeah. we were just talking a couple of minutes ago with big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau, about the NBA rumor mill and how we don't pay too much uh, attention uh, to it. Uh, but, um, it, you know, we there's some, there is a question to ask that if LeBron James goes to the Los Angeles Lakers, where does Lonzo Ball fit in on this? And number one, does, does LeBron want to be around the circus? That is Lonzo and LeVar Ball. Number two, from a basketball standpoint, Lonzo's a point guard. Clearly, he's not going to fit in here. I think he could actually be a good player and a good situation for him coming off the bench and being a backup uh, with the Lakers. Uh, but now we see the report that, um, in fact, if LeBron's going to go, and you never know about these reports, if they're true or not, but that, yes, Lonzo would have to go. See you, Lonzo. <laughs> Do you, yeah. could you, have you ever seen them coexisting? Like, it just seems strange, doesn't it? Like... I, even from I, a basketball yeah, standpoint, that. even from yeah, a basketball from a, standpoint, from a hoop standpoint, I give LeBron the ultimate credit and say I think he could figure out a way to to work with most guys. Uh, obviously, not all, because we've seen some guys get shipped out that were talented for, away from his teams. But I think he could figure out a way. But I think LeBron knows if he's going to go to the Lakers and craft a, a, a winning team, a championship team then Lonzo probably has to go in order for them to sign a free agent or bring in some other pieces to help them uh, with immediacy. I don't think he would, he wouldn't consider that him landing in LA with Lonzo is really going to make them a championship team right away. He's obviously going to try and attract additional free agents uh, in addition to what they have there in Kyle Kuzma and Randall and some other pieces. Uh, Chris, uh, Chris Haynes, who's actually, um, you know, rel- rel- he's no Wojo, but nevertheless, he's got a good reputation. Uh, he says the one constant uh, that I keep hearing is uh, the Lakers are actually shopping Lonzo Ball Ooh, because so- of LeBron James. Uh, that so, I mean, that says everything you need to know. I- I've always because there was talk, Mike. Skept- you know, you're right. There was talk about the Lakers rumors all along, but I-, I I can see that there's some legitimacy to it. And also, nobody knows more than the book. They have the Lakers at plus five fifty with the Celtics yeah. to win the championship. They should be at like what? What would you? What would you make their odds there if LeBron didn't go there? Yeah, 50 forty to one, fifty to one, exactly. Now they're plus five hundred. Mike, it's nuts. Something's happening. Yeah, yeah. We went over the odds the other day. It's it's amazing that Vegas is all is all over it, and the Cavs are several slots down the list. I think Vegas has decided that Cleveland is a. Not a long shot, but they're not at one of the ultimate favorites. Uh, there are reports uh, that Cleveland uh, has a plan B uh, right now, and uh, the plan B is actually Kemba Walker. Ooh. At least uh, that's, 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 one of, that's one of their plans. If LeBron's gone, they're going to turn around and throw money at Kemba Walker. So Kemba Walker, Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson. That's, I'd say, playoff team at best. Yeah, at uh, best. You have it. You want to hang in here for? I want to throw a couple of draft questions at you, Mike. You got a couple more yeah, minutes. All right, good stuff. Yeah, we'll, quick it. break. We'll be right back.
Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source 24 hours a day. Who wants to go to a 2018 World Series game? Tune into the Fantasy Sports Radio Network between July 8th and July 17th. As we'll be playing the DKMS Trivia Challenge for your shot to call in with a chance to attend the Fall Classic in person. The number to play is 844-843-6879-844-843-6879. Um, or 844-843-FNTSY. The contest is sponsored by DKMS. They're looking for your help in the fight against blood cancer. For many patients, a bone marrow transplant is the best chance for survival. Well, 30% of patients can find a matching donor in their families. 70%, nearly 14,000 each year, must rely on a benevolent stranger to step up and donate. Find out how you can help uh, the cause. Go to dailyroto.com slash DKMS. That's dailyroto.com slash DKMS. It's the DKMS Trivia Challenge, July 8th through July 17th. Call in and win. And that's pretty cool. You can win two tickets to uh, a 2018 World Series game. All right, uh, Mike Blewett, uh, cool enough to hang around with us uh, for another uh, segment. And so let's talk some NBA basketball uh, right now. You know, there's a lot of reports, a lot of rumors, a lot of names uh, being thrown around uh, right now. All we can really do is look at what we can control, and what we can control are the uh, the props, uh, Mike. And um, there are some uh, some NBA draft props up on the board right now. DeAndre Ayton is the overwhelming pick to go first overall. It's it's like minus sixteen hundred uh, right now. So yeah. the sports books aren't expecting anything um, anything shocking uh, there. The question is, what happens after? Let's talk about Luka Doncic. Uh, his prop is over under two and a half. Last night I saw it at minus two hundred. It's up to minus two twenty five now to the over. I, you know, it's tough to predict what Sacramento are going to do. They took the Aaron Fox last year. Yeah. So from a basketball standpoint, can they make this fit, or is he just too good not to take? And does the fact that uh, you know Vladi Divac, um, you know, obviously being European, Doncic being European, um, they know each other. What, what do you make of this? I don't think he's going second overall, but what do you think? I I think it's going to be a mistake that they don't take him, but um, from, er, from every mock draft I've tried to read into, it looks like he's sliding a little bit, uh, enough that I'm with you. He's not going to go at two. Uh, Marvin Bagley seems like it's a, a choice right there. Could yep. be somebody like Jaron Jackson, but um, could be one of those two players because Jaron Jackson definitely has a modern game. Obviously, we saw Bagley play quite a bit 
last year effectively. A really good offensive skill set at 6'11". Is he going to get outclassed on the defensive side of the ball? I don't necessarily see that. But uh, So I could see Bagley going there, maybe, maybe making it a more comfortable fit with De'Aaron Fox. But I've also heard rumors of De'Aaron Fox getting packaged and being on the move for them to free up uh, Doncic. So right now I'd say no, but it could be a mistake. So if somebody hard. passes on this guy, I think Memphis picks him up for this would be a steal, don't you think? Hard to predict what He's the most accomplished be. European player ever to enter the the NBA draft. He's only so 19. Not saying he's going to be the best. He's the most accomplished. That's and that's saying something. 19, only room to grow. Consider he's only he's only 19 years old wow. as well. So you mentioned Jaron Jackson. I think this is a player that casual fans don't talk about uh, enough. I don't think a lot of people watch um, you know, the Big Tens, you know, it's not a – it's a big-time conference, but it's especially Michigan State, very grinding. Yeah, and, it's true. Uh, yeah. So, you know, you get Jared – he's not like, you know, like Bagley, ooh, Duke, and Aiden was hype of Arizona, and he was in the news all year long. Jared Jackson's flown on the radar, but a lot of NBA scouts think he might be actually the best athlete, and you talked about the best fit in the, the modern NBA the prop for, for Jackson is over under three and a half. It's minus 225 to the over. And this is one where I'm willing to uh, to roll the dice with here, Mike. I think he will go third overall to the Atlanta, Atlanta Hawks. I think Jackson will go third overall to the Hawks. I don't know. I think from a marketing standpoint, too, you know, it's entertainment. It's always tougher. Look, man, like Porzingis got booed when he got drafted, right? Uh, you yeah, know, Atla- Atlanta... <laughs> Can they sell a Euro jersey or they can they sell, you know, a, a NCAA player's jersey and put them on the calendars, et cetera, easier. But I got I really believe that the Atlanta, Atlanta Hawks go with uh, with Jaron Jackson third overall. I'll take a chance at plus 162. What do you think? I think it's a decent chance to take. The only thing I'll say is that, you know, I'll give credit where credit is due. Mock draft on Hoops Hype uh, by Aaron Smith uh, went over it the other day on the Saturday uh, FST show, and I'm taking a look at it again now. His contention is that despite the fact that the Hawks are set at point guard with Dennis Schroeder, it is is known that he has not been on the same page with the rest of the team, and they may move on from him, which would open up Trey Young at three. Uh, Obviously, there's other point guards that could be uh, slotted in there, but really Trey Young, for obvious reasons, his ability to score – has distanced himself in many of these mock drafts. So that's a possibility, but look, we're talking probabilities. Uh, Jaron Jackson is considered one of the most talented players in the entire draft. So he could go at two, he could go at three. There's no consensus that Bagley is a better player than Jackson or has better potential than Jackson. It's We're talking, you, talk, you ask 10 experts, you might get a five or six shading towards Bagley. So Jackson could go as early as two, if not three. One of the most intriguing guys, Michael Porter Jr. We see him right now as total under 6.5, is minus 163, over plus 120. Good player at Mizzou there, uh, Mike, but uh, very, very risky with the injury uh, problems. Where do you think he's going? Yeah, look, for me, I think you always want to fade the injured player, right? The guy with the back problems dating back to high school. Uh, I guess you could point, you could counterpoint me and say that, well, Joel Embiid is a guy that's had back problems, and I would then counter back to you. Yeah, and he's missed 
of the available games during exactly. his career. It doesn't yeah, mean I don't that know if he won't yeah. creep up again at Joel, Joel yeah, Embiid. I, I don't know if he's a good player. I don't know. We've never yeah, seen him. never seen him play. <laughs> but he didn't play. And he, well, then he played in a tournament for a couple of games, and right. you don't really know what to make of that. And to me, the whole thing is then he was unable to work out last week. That, that was one of the alarming things to me again that, okay, you played in the tournament. That was a couple of months ago. Shouldn't you be better, not worse right now? Yeah, he, he basically took time to rest for most of the year, came back prematurely, kind of wanted to be with the team. There was also rumors that he wasn't getting along with the team or guys thought he might have been jaking it uh, during the course of the season. And then teams wanted to get a second look at his back, and then, as you said, he can't work out. So um, I think he's trying to play it coy during this process so that people don't dive in a second or a third time to see if he's got a long-term prognosis of having a limited NBA career. I think too many question marks. Anybody that takes a chance with him before six, as the prop says, is putting their job on the line. Very often jobs are on the line with these picks, but picking an injured player, if he ends up being uh, a guy that's out of the league in a few years because of this back issue, uh, there goes your job. Now we see now, we see now the fact that the matter is in a national football league, it used to be, you know, a first-round pick, a quarterback or whatever, could settle in and, you know, it wouldn't be a one-year judgment. In the NBA, it's different. You know, a top-five pick in the NBA is supposed to contribute right away. You know, they're not they don't have to be a star right away. But you got to do something positive. Well, you got to yeah, score yeah. 10, 15 points a game and actually show that you can play every day and, and you know, immediately, like you said. I mean, the jobs are on the line here. And it's marketing. It's entertainment uh, as well. They need to be able to sell this to the fan base. Uh, it's hard to draft a player. Well, you know what? You know, trust us. He was really good in high school. And, you know, look at look at the YouTube tape of him dunking once. And, you know, don't worry about the two games he played in the tournament. It's hard to sell that. I think it's going to go uh, – I think uh, he'll go over uh, six and a oh, half yeah. at plus 120. Plus money, too. Uh, I like Mo Bamba as a player. Uh, obviously, he can get better offensively. Uh, but his prop is four and a half. I don't see him going in the top four here, Mike. I like this prop a lot. Over four and a half. Wouldn't shock me if it, they go local here with the Dallas Mavericks uh, with the fifth pick uh, with Mo Bamba. Great shot blocker, great defensive player. Uh, but quite frankly, I just don't see him going in the top four. I'm with you because you have Doncic, Jackson, Bagley, and Aiton that I feel confident would get taken in front of him. Trey Young. There's question. There's a question there. I, I could see Trey Young being fluid between maybe three and eight or so, but I still think that those guys, uh, Doncic and the other three, would go in front of him. And to your point about the contributions expected from players, the irony of it is that these players have effectively gotten younger over the last 20 years. The three of us are old enough to remember a time where college juniors and seniors would enter the NBA and they would be considered a quote unquote project. Now your project has to be contributing by the time he's 21 years old or he's a bust. It's insane. The expectations that are put on this, it's the only thing comparable is quarterback uh, in the NFL because they say that they're going to handle them with kid gloves and then they throw them to the lions as soon as they lose three games in a row. So look at the judgment comparable. Yeah, look at Kaiser. What look happened at, to him? He he was rattled big yeah. time. You know, he was he wasn't ready to play. But yeah. you look at Jared Goff. Right. Look at Jared Goff. After one year, yeah. basically, Jared Goff sucks. He's a bust. Yeah. He's terrible. 
And uh, now, you know, fast, yes. flat, fast forward to eight months later, and suddenly Jared Goff's, oh, he's great. He's one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. Right? I mean, sometimes it takes a while. I mean, Troy Aikman won yeah, 15 mean, Look, it took years. a while. It took a while with Philly for it to come together, and now we're finally reaping some rewards. They still got bounced in the Eastern Conference semifinals, but we're finally seeing some rewards with all the players coming together, and people are still hammering Ben Simmons about the fact that he doesn't have a shot and Embiid is still missing games and, you know, on and on and on. There's still complaints about Philly, even as they put it together this season. Trey Young is that uh, X factor to me. I'm not a major fan of his, but from a betting perspective with the prop here at six and a half, I might just have to take a pass because if I'm, if I'm a general manager, I'm not taking him in the top six and a half, but I'm not a general manager. And I wish I was because they make a hell of a lot more money than I do. Um, <laughs> Good point. Uh, but yeah, I'm just an idiot. yeah, I'm just an idiot on the radio. So what I think really is kind of irrelevant. Uh, but I'm not a major Trey Young fan. But honestly, you mentioned it. Atlanta seems to really, really like him. I think they think that star factor. I think people are sort of thinking they're missing out on the next Steph Curry almost. But every guy that can hit a three-point shot isn't Steph Curry. Right? Like, um I agree. And Especially then you got to when he's even smaller than Steph. Yeah. I, you have to give the guy props for scoring nearly 28 points a game at Oklahoma and he, he took did about 50 the, shots. He did lead the agreed, but he did lead the country in assists too. So, um he was trying to distribute it wasn't a good supporting cast. I'm with you. I, I do find it hard to to see somebody of his size standing up to the rigors of the of an NBA season year in, year out. I don't know that he's going to get any taller than 6'2". Dwayne Wade was a guy that, look, he was a he was a big athlete, and he took it to the hole, and he got he took a beating, and we saw what it did to him over time. By the but time he's Dwayne thick. Wade got to yeah. 30, he was He was a monster down. at Marquette, Dwayne, Marquette man. Dwayne, right. Crazy. Trey Young is decidedly not that. Yeah, Dwayne Wade is sort of big bone, though. He yeah, is. He's he kinda, looks big. He's thicker. You know what I mean? He's kind of pudgier. He's got sort of a little bit of muscle and fat little, to sort of bounce off. You're right. He's got the meat. Yeah. That uh, Look at Lonzo Ball. Like a good example. Lonzo Ball could only play, what, 52 games or whatever the hell it was. Couldn't get through the rigors. As you stated, I was talking about this, like with De'Aaron Fox, and it wouldn't surprise me if they want to trade him. I don't, I don't know. It's weird. Like, did De'Aaron Fox have a good year, a bad year? He scored 11 points a game. He had about four assists a game. But to me, the positive was, hey, he was a rookie who played in 77 games, right? Like, yep. he showed up every night, and he showed, okay, yep. I can – because that's that's part of this, when you're, especially when you're a one-and-donner, all right? He showed, okay, give me a couple of years to get good. I showed I can get through this. Sort of yep. like Buddy Heald. He's working on it. Yeah, Buddy Heald is getting better. Yep. You know, I think people sort of expected, oh, the next Steph Curry. And, and honestly, Mike – I don't think Trey Young is anywhere near the player Buddy Heald is, honestly. And look at the struggles that Buddy Heald has had just adjusting to life in the NBA. Yeah, and you're going to ask him to, and you've asked some of these guys to adjust in Sacramento, which is basketball hell, basically, as turned by one of their former players, Rudy Gay. It's an impossible place to play. Uh, There's no strategy whatsoever. They have an owner that's willing to invest money. but Who did he tell that to, Mike? Who did he tell uh, that to? Rudy, it was Rudy Gay said it when their their newly hired head coach walked in the door before he even got two feet in the yeah. locker room. Rudy Gay shouted at him, "Welcome to basketball hell." Yeah. Wow. Welcome. He, to he misses Toronto. 
Welcome to basketball hell. Oh, yeah, Sacramento place to die. Yeah, I almost feel Phoenix is is the same. Yeah. The same thing. Um, you know, so yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm, you know, from a betting perspective, I like the uh, I like the uh, Jaron Jackson. I'll roll the dice at under three and a half. I like the Doncic at over two and a half minus two twenty five. I like the Porter at over six and a half at plus one twenty. I like the Bamba over four and a half at minus two twenty five. The Trey Young, I'm just gonna have to pass on. We got two more names to throw at you here, uh, Mike. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr. at uh, seven and a half, which sort of seems pretty accurate for this number. I sort of see him going in between eight and ten. And then we got Colin Sexton, who's been added to the board right now, at ten and a half. Uh, Under ten and a half is minus 150. So they're expecting him to go under. And, of course, he had some explosive games in the SEC tournament to put himself on the map. So what do you make of uh, Wendell Clark and then into – into Colin Sexton. Well, I'll take Sexton first because, uh, first, uh, look, I'm a Knicks fan. And I live in New York, so the Knicks have been rumored to take about 27 different players at this point. But <laughs> Sexton is the type, and they already have three point guards, right? But when you That's have three, thing. you yeah. have none. When you have three, you have none. So now they need another one. And Colin Sexton, uh, I could see him going as early as the Knicks at nine. I guess my question to you for Sexton is, Considering we're in a golden age of point guards, it would be surprising to me if Trey Young was the only point guard taken in the top ten. Wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's a good point. Well, any time a position a player is taken, it always starts that domino effect. It's like a fantasy football draft. Right. Oh shit! Yeah. This guy just yeah. took a running back. Oh, and then there you goes, see, there goes the then plan. you see the next guy takes <laughs> yeah. a running back. We see in baseball, same thing. Yeah. Everybody, oh, everyone's taking outfielders now in this round. And then even though you don't want to do it, you're like, man, I'm missing out. If I don't do it, I'm going to miss out. You know what's crazy? And I don't know. You're a Knicks fan. I get the feeling that Michael Porter is going to end up with the Knicks. Yeah. Can they the, roll? In the mock draft yeah. that I'm looking at right now, he's slotted in right there. But do they like Yeah. They like sort of that Sky star Gilgis player. Alexander? Gilgis <laughs> Alexander. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting because Masai Ujiri's pretty good at not letting rumors out and stuff, but I almost buy into this then that he wants to get Alexander and that Kyle Lowry's actually on the block, and I actually do buy into that. But Kyle Lowry's on the block because he makes $25 million a year. No shit he's on the block. (laughs) No kidding. No kidding. By the way, load load up with some goals tomorrow. Portugal and Spain are going to get after it. Oh, you like it? You're following the World Cup too, man. Of course. Mike's got it all covered. Mike's got it all covered. Thanks. Thanks for the time, Mike. All right, guys. Take care. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Thanks to Mike Blewett. If you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports, sick of dealing with professionals using an algorithm, select hundreds of lineups and entries, try to prop builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups. It's the hassle of dealing with late scratches and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. 
Invest in the players you want without salary caps. If you sign up for a new account, use promo code FNTSY. You get a 50% deposit bonus. No more dealing with late lineup scratches. No experts to compete against. Just you and the props that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, enter promo code FNTSY upon sign-up, and choose your matchups using the Prop Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. Enjoyed our conversation with uh, Mike Blewett. I really do like these NBA prop bets uh, quite a lot. And I'm still frustrated by today. Today was the first day that... um, I really didn't have a good day with the World Cup. I've been really doing well with the World Cup. I made a couple of bad in-game decisions today, and it ended up costing me. One thing with soccer is you watch for like 30, 40 minutes and stuff, and I had the over, and I started to get frustrated. And like our boy Sonny Vega, I know Sonny had a big play on the over too, and he tweeted out, man, these guys could play for five days and they're not going to score. And it's one of those deals where it looks like, man, this is terrible. Like, that game today between Poland and Senegal, like, honestly. Brutal. Like, I've seen better games in NDG Park where I grew up. Yeah, no, seriously, I got a par- park of uh, professional field. I see kids uh, playing all the time. They got some skills. No, I'm with you, Gabe. That but was pathetic. It was it was a sloppy game, and it didn't look like it was going anywhere. And then, boom, there's a goal, and then next thing you know, there's another goal, and there's another goal. Same thing with Belgium and Panama the other night. It just uh, it explodes um, you know, the game could be scoreless. It was scoreless at the half, and then boom, it ends up 3 uh, nothing. So the moral of the story is don't start chasing in-game when you, you're playing soccer. Oh, this isn't going anywhere. They're not going to score. It's different. You're going to end up screwing yourself. Uh, stuff can change uh, quickly. Definitely. It's, uh, what are you writing down here, Ken? What? Cam's got like five pieces of paper. What do you write down? <laughs> See, you write, you write stuff I'm down writing down day. some golfers that I like for the DFS for the Travelers Championship tomorrow. And I'm going through some NBA. You don't remember the golfers you like? Well, there's a million of them on DraftKings. I gotta, I gotta give you the pro column and the bad column, buddy. I'm not just gonna give uh, bad information. We gotta keep the train rolling, right? Yeah, I do write down things a lot. (laughs) Shouldn't you be writing these things down like before the show? Well, no, I already have a list, but I'm just saying, you know, like I'm gonna put put some things together. I just, I do quick little notes. (laughs) What are you busting my balls for? I'll give you a six it's not, it's not even golf day right now. <laughs> no, it's true. It isn't golf day. I'm just uh, getting excited about this tournament. I have a feeling I'm going to hit a winner this week. I really do. All right, five nothing uh, Florida right now over Texas. What, in the College World Series? This is, pisses me off. I wanted to get in on Florida earlier, but they kept freezing it, and it was like minus 280. That's the thing. When you put out your bets on the computer... You know what I mean? Make sure you get them in and then put them out on the computer. You do it first, then then release. Well, we've got another uh, sports book like was freezing the game the whole time. They don't want to get beat on this stuff, so like they 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 froze it right now. Interesting. Well, they don't have they don't have a normal computer algorithm really for this stuff for college uh, baseball. So anytime there's run scored, there's just four runs scored, so they don't know what to do with it. A question from yesterday, then, was there a rain delay or were they just slow with the Oregon State-Washington game because that's what they're doing with the college? It's a little bit different than the other sports. No, it was a rain delay. Okay, because that was really not moving. Yeah, it was It was a rain delay for a couple hours. So, yeah, Florida's up uh, 5 nothing uh, on Texas uh, right now. Lou from Gamblu.com uh, will join us uh I guess tomorrow. I get uh, lost with what days of the week. It ever tomorrow, is, but... Wednesday, Mark Lawrence and Lou. Yeah, so yeah, Lou will join us tomorrow. And uh, Lou is our college uh, baseball World Series uh, guy. So to recap these NBA props, 
that we were telling you about. I like these props a lot, actually. We're going to be able to crush these, but unfortunately we have to wait until Thursday night. And we're going to have to try to get our money back uh, this evening on a Major League Baseball card that, quite frankly, uh, I'm not really loving. <laughs> it's Baseball's tough, man. You know what he, uh, Oh, yeah, so you see that I'm watching the Kansas City-Texas game on the new system. That you know, Do you know Kansas City had bases loaded, no outs like every Double play, double play. They couldn't catch a break in that game. They lost 6-3, to three, but, man, they pissed away opportunities. That was brutal. All right, so I just jumped in on some uh, Brazilian youth league soccer. Oh, here we go. Under 23, Santa Cruz and Atletico Giannamisi. We just won under two and a half. It's scoreless in the 12th minute. We'll try to uh, get back a little bit of the uh, the early disappointment the today. The grind. It's the grind. Speaking of Lou, Omaha, and speaking of the College Baseball World Series, Omaha is actually up on the Reno Aces right now, 3-2. Uh, they are in the uh, the sixth inning. Yeah, so the NBA draft, it's, listen, it's it's a foregone conclusion that DeAndre Ayton will be the first uh, player overall. The second pick is freaking confusing, man, because you really just don't know what the hell Sacramento's going to do. I think they're going to go with Marvin Bagley with Duke uh, with the second pick. Uh, it's a nice, you know, you have a nice little pairing here now. You got Buddy Heald. You'd have Bagley. You'd have uh, De'Aaron Fox. At least you'd have a little nucleus of guys and Bagley's better than uh, than Cauley Stein. Bagley's better than Labissiere. They have a lot of good young players, Sacramento, but they don't have, like, great freaking star players. But speaking of a star player, a lot of talk about Kawhi Leonard right now. Kawhi Leonard, uh, no secret. Kawhi Leonard could have played last year. He yes, was, he was he's healthy at the organization. He was healthy enough to play, and there was a complete breakdown in the relationship between... Kawhi Leonard, Popovich, and the organization, specifically the team doctors. Kawhi Leonard feels as though he got bad medical advice and bad treatment and feels as though that he was robbed of two years of his career due to their medical incompetence. They say, and Tony Parker and Tony Parker, well, Tony Parker's a company guy. He, you know what side he's going to be on. He like, yeah. Kawhi Leonard, we you know, you've only been here a little while. Like, you know what I mean? So if you look at the tightness between everybody, Tony Parker had the exact same injury as Kawhi Leonard. The exact same treatment. And Tony Parker said, my treatment was fine. It's fine. Some people just have different thresholds of pain, essentially. And if you remember during the playoffs... After a game that LaMarcus Aldridge basically carried the team on his back, yep. scored like 47 points, was like sweating, and, you know, he gave everything that he, he had. left it out there. And Greg Popovich yep. said, I just want to say it's an honor to have coached a guy like LaMarcus that this guy's hurt, this guy has so many problems, and he goes out there and he did what he just did. And it was clearly a shot. Yep. And that was like the final <laughs> pow at Kawhi Leonard. Yep. You know, Tony Park, look, they basically said He's you're soft. You don't want to play. And it wasn't so much that he was soft, that it was you are so petty that you're leaving us to dry right now. You're letting us go out here and get tattooed by the by the Golden State Warriors because you you're gonna be a free agent and you you're unhappy with a doctor, etc. Hey, listen, that's his right. Right? But so the whole point is 
We talk about all these rumors being crap all the time. This isn't a rumor. This is just fact. Kawhi Leonard didn't play for them. So he's getting traded. Oh, 100%. If he didn't play for them then, he's not playing for them now. And they don't even want him to play at this point. There's too much bad blood. You can't let him play. The relationship is done. It's It's crazy that San Antonio normally doesn't have these type of problems. But it is what it is. So the whole Lakers thing came into play. And it was no secret that it was Kawhi Leonard sort of put it out there. There were murmurs about this. Look, he played at SDSU. He's from California. And the thought was that he wanted to go to L.A. And it was the Lakers. The Lakers this, the Lakers that. The Lakers can't take everybody. Oh, they can't. (laughs) And the San Antonio Spurs aren't going to take Kawhi Leonard and give them to the Lakers so they can lose to the Lakers on TNT TV every Tuesday and Thursday night. Don't want to deal with the West. Right? So, supposedly, the, the Spurs told Kawhi Leonard, all right, you're done. Whatever. You won't play. You know, Don't worry. You're not going to be a spur anymore. But it's a fat chance in hell that we're trading you to anyone in the West. So the Spurs are listening to offers right now from Eastern Conference teams. Now, the Boston Celtics, those evil pricks, these guys are always in a mix. <laughs> and they have a lot to offer. They do. You know, they could turn around and say, listen, we don't really want to give this this kid up, but we'll give you Jalen Brown and, you know, we'll give you I this don't... draft pick. And they, they could actually. Pieces. Yeah. Like other teams are offering scraps. Like the Cleveland Cavaliers reportedly have offered George Hill and the eighth pick. C.C. Osman, George Hill, and the eighth pick. If me and you were in San Antonio and they offered us that, I'd tell them to F off and like hang up the phone. That's, that's embarrassing. That's they... not even an offer. That's like a, a guy in your fantasy league just trying to. Sell you trash. No, they'd have to offer the eighth pick, Kevin Love. The problem with Cleveland is they don't have any good young players. Like there is no young star. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Like there Great is point. There's no. There's nobody. There's there. no young prospect. It's Kyle Korver, J.R. Smith, George Hill, Rodney Hood. <laughs> like none of this is acceptable. Like yeah. you need veterans. So this is where this is where the uh, the Toronto Raptors come in, I believe, and. You know, the Toronto Raptors need to make moves. If they're going to get over the top, they need to make a move or two. But it doesn't mean to completely dismantle the team. Like, there's a lot of Raptor fans who want to throw DeMar DeRozan under the bus all the time. I like DeMar DeRozan. The the whole key is it isn't that the Raptors' nucleus suck. It's that the Raptors' nucleus needs help. And they do need a star. But someone's going to have to go. And I think that someone that's going to go will end up going, Cam, is going to be Kyle Lowry. Makes sense. Kyle Lowry is, I think Kyle Lowry will end up getting dealt in the next couple of days. The Raptors supposedly want to get Gilgus Alexander, the kid out of Kentucky who's from Toronto, and he is freaking good. Now, the Raptors never really care about local, like they've never gone, like they didn't bend over backwards to try. No, they didn't go, hey, let's get Stoskis or let's get uh, Leo Routon's kid. Like the Raptors, Yeah. yeah, like the Raptors are already... They already sell tickets. Like, they don't need to do these sort of no token Canadian yeah, token signings and stuff like that. They get the best player. But, you know, reportedly they have the hots for Gilgis Alexander from a basketball standpoint. Which is a good thing. And he is a good, explosive young player. And Van Fleet's not a number one point guard. They made it, they're, they're, Casey might yeah, have thought he no, was, but he wasn't. They keep on talking, Van Fleet, Van and, Fleet, Van Fleet. Our number one priority is And I like Van Kyle Fleet. Lowry. Yeah. Look, I've got a Kyle Lowry jersey. I like Kyle Lowry, but. It's time to take it off the back. It's, you know. They're put Marenzi back. They're not, they're, not, uh, they're not going to the next level. No, they're not. You know, someone's going to have to go. And DeMar DeRozan is a top five scorer in the NBA. 
So if you're going to trade DeMar DeRozan, you better freaking get something good in return. Not just like, oh, this pick, because a pick isn't as good as DeMar DeRozan is. Another thing that you say when you're breaking down sports, there's nothing more worse than what the Raptors do. They get to that level, that level, that level. I would rather see them, Gabe, take, take a couple steps back to boom and then eventually get there because at this pace, you know, you know it's not going to get any better. You've got to deal with the Boston Celtics. You've got to deal with the Philadelphia 76ers. With the team they have now, they're not, they can't do it. Well, so they've got to get back, they gotta make a move. I don't know if they can't do it. They just couldn't deal with LeBron James. That's the team that they've lost to three, three years in a row. Not, not other teams. No one else has eliminated them. They lost to Washington. Yeah, that was uh, four, year, four years yeah, last, ago. Yeah, that was four years ago. The, the modern team. Yeah, I understand. Look, they fired the coach. They changed the coach, but it's not enough. They need to tweak a little bit more. My expectation is, actually, that Masai Ujiri, the Toronto Raptor general manager, is going to do something pretty big. I think they're, he's like gonna, a blockbuster deal. Yeah, I think he's going to shake things up. I would prefer him not to get rid of DeRozan and Lowry. <laughs> the thing is, it's not like a million people are going to want Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry is like a... Um, He's like an expensive wine. It's like, yeah, there's a lot of alcoholics in the world, but they don't all want to spend money on, on they don't all want to you know buy what? the wine. That is a great analogy. <laughs> you Sometimes, know? you know, that $20 wine tastes just as good as the $52 the wine. The thing is with Kyle Lowry is, Lowry's the, type of, Lowry's the type of player that can help a team that's either already winning or on the cusp of winning. You know what I mean? Like the Cleveland Cavaliers, or you yeah. dropped them on the San... To me, the San Antonio Spurs are the perfect fit for Lowry. And the Spurs, Tony Parker's freaking old, man. Very old. Like, Kyle Lowry is still good. They could use a point guard to to help with what they have there. I've always thought that Kyle Lowry would be a good fit with the Spurs. But I don't, you know, you're not getting Kawhi Leonard for Kyle Lowry, obviously. But you can throw some other things in there. I think the San Antonio Spurs would want, uh, they'd probably want uh, Ananobi, OG. Yep. Maybe Valanchunas, the Raptors draft pick. Yeah, it would go on and on. Oh, yeah. It would get to like a four or for, three or four. For Kawhi Leonard, it's a big package. The thing is, every superstar that gets traded in the NBA, teams never get good value back. They never yeah. do, right? It's going to be interesting over the next couple of days, man. I don't know. I, I just the, the thing is, I, I'm still in shock looking at these odds. Like, I, I don't know what these bookmakers are thinking. Like, is there usually the book knows things? How the like, I can't get over this Lakers shit, Gabe. Like, this is nuts. Like, it, it's almost like a, a reprint to me. How do you have that team as one of the favorites to win the NBA championship? It's insane. Like, what's going to happen? Now, here's a uh, here's a report. There, the, now the. Uh... With the draft now just two days away, it's the, the rumors are uh, popping up fast and furious uh, right now. The Washington uh, Wizards are looking to shake things up. They need to as well. They want to trade their, their draft pick. The Washington Wizards are open to trading down from their 15th overall draft pick in Thursday's draft if another team takes on one of Washington's expiring contracts. This is the thing that sucks about the NBA. And this is the thing, though, that's a positive about the NBA at the same time, in which teams can, they want to get crappy contracts. It's bizarre. (laughs) It really is. Like, they're basically stating, listen, 
we'll trade you the pick, but you're going to have to take, <laughs> you're basically going to have to take John Wall or Bradley Beal from us. It's a bizarro, like, logic that they have. Because they they need money. So they need yes. to get rid of something. You cost too much. Bye. And they know yeah. no one's just going to come along and take the money. That's right. No one's just going to say, yeah, you know what? We'll just be on the hook for that $90 million now. You're right. It's the so the, the Wizards are enticing it now. They're like a hooker cam. They're lowering their top a bit. Yeah, you're flashing? They're Ooh. like, all right, listen, no one wants our expiring contracts. Yeah, How about this? How about we'll give you the pick as well? <laughs> I'm, I'm turning back around to, to check things out. This is why I'm saying there's hope for the Raptors. Like, the NBA is the only league where you can actually call the Brooklyn Nets and say, listen, Ibaka makes $22 million a year and he sucks. Do you want him? And they'll be like, yes. They'll be like, yeah, great, great. We need to spend the money. No, because they're so under the cap and no one wants to sign that. And the way they look at it is like, well, we'll have him for two years. And then in two years, we're going to be rich. We're going to have no one under contract, and we're going to have $200 million to spend. That's the way these teams look at it. And that's why the Golden State Warriors win every year. <laughs> <laughs>